Have you ever been called a sheep? If so, I suspect it wasn't a compliment. The person calling you it might have insinuated that you are mindlessly following the herd. Yet sheep are also known for their stubbornness and for going astray. I can relate, maybe you can too. I found a decent illustration of this phenomenon this week that's been making its rounds on social media. Check it out. So being a sheep doesn't seem like a good thing, right? But if we're honest, we have some similarities with them. Today's message is about the good shepherd, which Jesus calls himself twice in the verses we heard Jenna just read. A few verses earlier, he also proclaims that he is the gate for the sheep. And I suspect that Jesus' proclamation didn't shock you because you probably heard them before. But if you were in the first century, you would have been like, whoa, Jesus' statements would have been understood as ridiculous, as an egregious insult to the religious leaders. In order to understand why, we're going to take a brief look at two things, the historical context of shepherds and sheepfold gates and the story that preceded Jesus' statements in John 9. Hopefully, it'll be revealing and interesting, but more importantly are these questions. Is Jesus your shepherd? And if so, can you discern his voice? Everyone hearing Jesus that day knew that shepherds brought their flocks to something called a sheepfold after a day of grazing. Nighttime was dangerous. Predators were on the prowl. And being out in the open would have resulted in their sheep getting picked off one by one. Sheepfold structures provided protection and could be permanent or temporary. Each sheepfold had only one entrance, the gate, and the shepherd would sleep at that entrance, vigorously fighting or defending anything that threatened the sheep. At times, there would be multiple shepherds and flocks that shared the sheepfold, so the sheep would be all mixed together. Sounds like a problem, right? But it wasn't. There's a few cool things about sheep. First, they know and recognize the voice of their shepherd, and they won't respond to a stranger's voice. And thirdly, they can only be led by being out in front of them, unlike cattle who must be driven from behind. So in the morning, the shepherds would get up and easily sort the sheep by having the shepherd come out and lead them out of the sheepfold. Now, a bit more about shepherds. Many people have a romanticized notion of shepherds, long beards, flowing hair, a staff, and a clean white robe. And Jesus is often depicted in this way too. Our romanticized view of shepherds is flawed, partially because we've never seen them in action. When I was in Israel, I saw a few, and it looked like smelly, dirty, and backbreaking work. In the first century, shepherding had fallen out of favor as an occupation. They were seen as lower-class nobodies. But that wasn't always the case. Moses was a shepherd. So was David. And David was the idyllic king that everybody was hoping for would come back. One that would restore Israel and oust the Roman occupiers. In Ezekiel chapter 34 verses 11 through 18, it depicts that an ideal king is like a shepherd. I encourage you to read it. Here's a short summation. The king will be like a shepherd who searches and seeks them out who rescue them from being lost, who feeds them wherever they go, who actively takes care of the injured and the weak. And not only that, a shepherd will do justice for the sheep. You can see why Jesus draws on Ezekiel and why the religious leaders would have been irritated that he was calling himself the gate and the good shepherd. 
Now to the story in John 9, prior to our reading. So Jesus heals this blind man who is promptly then taken to the religious leaders for examination, interrogation. Quick reminder, people with physical maladies were cut off from relationship with God in the religious community. It was believed that their illness or condition stemmed from their own sinfulness or that of their ancestors. The blind man tells the story and believes that Jesus is a prophet and from God. The leaders don't believe him, and they call his parents in to confirm that he was actually born blind. They ask about this healer to the parents, and the parents say they don't know, not because they didn't, but maybe because they were scared of being ousted from the temper. The leaders grill the blind man again and declare Jesus is a sinner. He refutes them, and the leaders drive him from the temple. This new disciple of Jesus, not to be in connection. Now begins chapter 10, and Jesus asserts that he is the gate, and anybody that comes in by him will be saved, just like the blind man. The Greek word for saved is sozo. Will you say that with me? Sozo. Sozo means to save a suffering from peril and make them well. He has thrown the religious leaders under the bus, calling them ineffective shepherds. He's saying in plain sight that the religious leaders don't care about the sheep and are leading them astray. And they are hired hands that will bolt at the first sign of danger. And as a result, the people are being devoured. You can understand now why the proclamations about himself would be troubling to the establishment, but good news for the excluded. He contrasts those type of shepherds with himself, the good shepherd, the one that Ezekiel described, who the people would have known and read about. A good shepherd who knows and calls the sheep by name and who will seek out the lost, who will rescue them, who will take care of the injured and the sick. These sheep will know his voice and be led by him. And like a good shepherd, Jesus will be at the gate protecting those in his fold and willingly lay down his life for all by his choice. You know, many years ago, this woman I didn't know made an appointment with me. And when she arrived, I sensed a deep heaviness. And soon after she sat down, her eyes were filled with tears. And she shared that she didn't believe she was deserving of God's love and that she couldn't be forgiven because she had an abortion. Her guilt was all-consuming and hung over her like a dark cloud. A pastor told her that she couldn't serve or participate fully in the life of the church because of it, which only added to her burden. The woman was raised in the church. She knew about Jesus, but she hadn't yet experienced the good shepherd and hadn't learned to distinguish his voice. And while she knew the stories about Jesus, that he lived, that he died, that he was resurrected, she had yet to discover the good shepherd laid down his life for her and that she could be saved and made well. I suspect many of you struggle with discerning the good shepherd's voice. We know about Jesus, many of us, but we aren't sure if we know his voice when he's talking to us. And we may not have experienced the power of forgiveness. All of us have these voices inside of our heads that speak to us. And most of us experience as this kind of relentless mental chatter. And all that self-talk leads us like a shepherd leading our sheep, both consciously and unconsciously. Some of those voices are loud and repetitive and seductive, while others are soft, subtle, quiet, 
and fleeting. They can be rooted in goodness or rooted in fear, but sometimes we aren't sure where they come from or from whom. Yet our experience is that we follow the wrong ones, it can lead us right into the hole like that sheep we saw earlier. In Matthew 9, 36, Jesus says this, as he gazed upon the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Some of us have been relying on the voices that run counter to love, that point us towards things not of God, even though we are trying to follow Jesus. These voices are like the wolves and the false teachers leading us astray. But within each of you, there is the voice of Jesus, and he is trying to get you to hear his voice, to learn it. You might need to spend more time in the Bible so that Jesus' voice can become louder in your life. Or maybe you just need to talk to God in your own voice so he can hear your bah, and you can begin to distinguish his. The powerful message that Jesus gives us is that the good shepherd is available to everyone. And the good shepherd seeks deep relationship with you and me and the world. You know, I never saw that woman again who visited me. And my prayer is that she came to distinguish the voice of the good shepherd from those not from God. And I imagine the good shepherd might be whispering something like this in her ear. Messages that maybe you need to hear too. So I invite you to close your eyes and listen. You are never alone because I am the good shepherd. You are loved, not because you are good, but because I am good. You are forgiven, not because what you have done, but through what I have done, giving my life, death, and being resurrected by God. Let me in and allow me to bind up your wounds, your sin, and the wounds of the world. Come follow me, and you'll discover healing and new life, now and forever. Let us pray. Good Shepherd God, we are here together online, worshiping and remembering that you are the Good Shepherd. Some of us are having a hard time distinguishing your voice. Inspire us to explore your word, to talk to you in our own voice, and to join in with community to make God's love real. Other of us aren't really sure that you are who you say you are. Spark us to explore, making you our good shepherd. And a few of us need you to pull us out of the hole. We're facing challenges that we don't know how to navigate. Show us the way. We ask these things in the power of the risen Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.